Well, when the worship committee was considering who it might like to invite to be our speaker uh, in honor of National Women's Week, History Month, was used to be national, no, local women's celebration. Uh, the, the first name that came to me of a non-church member was Chloe Haygood. And though I've not known her well or for a long time, I've found Chloe to be quite an impressive woman. By the age of 21, she had visited nine countries and 14 states, including Alaska. Originally from Shreveport, Chloe is a graduate of University of New Orleans, where she earned a bachelor's in cultural studies. Prior to being named executive assistant to Mayor Glover, she was scholarship officer at the University of New Orleans and financial representative and student service specialist for Tulane University. Most recently, she held the position of project coordinator for Galilee Baptist Church. As project coordinator, she spearheaded the college prep program, served as scholarship committee advisor, and worked with the community development and social services ministries. Chloe also made an unsuccessful bid for the Cattle Parish School Board in 2006 uh, before being appointed to Mayor Glover as his executive assistant. In her role as the executive assistant, Chloe is responsible for planning and implementing Mayor Glover's youth initiatives. She's also office liaison to the Mayor's Council on Persons with Disabilities, the Mayor's Internal Communications Task Force, the Women's Commission, and also Grants Management Administrator for the Office of the Mayor. The list of accomplishments is long. I will not read it. Will you please help me welcome Chloe Hager? Good morning. What a blessing it is to be here today, and I've thoroughly enjoyed the service thus far. I'm honored and humbled to share with you on today. What you just heard is accurate and true. By the age of 21, I had visited nine countries and 14 states, including Alaska. Needless to say, my zest for travel, my interest in cross-cultural perspectives, and my love of people has not only shaped my worldview, but has offered me the immeasurable opportunity to witness firsthand the beauty and the inherent strength of women that is universal. As we pause today to discuss and examine the strength of a woman's spirit, I can honestly say that while there are many women that have birthed and shaped this nation and this country, role models and pioneers, two of which that I take much inspiration, I want to share with you very briefly this morning the inspiring stories of three remarkable women. The first being my maternal grandmother, the second, being my mother, who is with us today, and thirdly, and of course, myself. (laughs) 
Growing up in Shreveport, I was raised in the Baptist church and spent much of my early life and childhood there in church. As you know, Baptists, we go to church all day Sunday, Wednesday, mission meeting on Thursday. We get together on Saturday. We may have a luncheon, and we're back there again on Sunday. I am the granddaughter of one of this area's and this country's most noted and renowned African-American ministers, the Reverend Dr. E. Edward Jones of Galilee Baptist Church, an historic church not only in Shreveport but in the South, and it's the only place that MLK himself actually spoke during the 60s. And while I'm quite proud of my grandfather's accomplishments and his legacy as an educator, civil rights activist, author, pastor, and philanthropist, I must say that one of the persons that has had the most profound impact on me as a young woman is that of his better half, my grandmother, Leslie Jones. Some of my earliest and fondest memories involve my grandmother and her teachings, her inner beauty and her patience, her faith and her fervor for God, and her quiet strength have been over the years a tremendous blessing to many. A minister's wife for over 56 years, to say that she is understanding and long-suffering is an understatement. <laughs> over the years, I've seen it firsthand. She is the perfect complement to my grandfather and a jack, or Jill, should I say, of all trades. Whether it meant visiting ailing or sick members, donating food or clothing to the needy, teaching Sunday school, traveling to Africa for mission work, or just sharing an encouraging word. My grandmother so strongly and daily demonstrated her love of Christ and her commitment while maintaining a warm and loving household and raising a family of four. One of those four was, of course, my mother, Carolyn Jones. The middle child, my mother was always been a quite a resilient individual, and I have no doubt that it was my grandmother's example that encouraged, nurtured, and added to that. Born in Shreveport in 1960, my mother was thrust into local history and the local political scene when after my grandparents filed the lawsuit, Beryl and Jones versus Cattle Parish School Board. This lawsuit was filed in the spirit of integration and equity in education and was not welcomed. And although that lawsuit was filed in the name of my aunt, Beryl N. Jones, because Cattle Parish decided to integrate from the elementary school level, my mother, at the age of five, was the first African-American student to integrate Cattle Parish. The years that followed were trying ones, filled with new experiences, but also with racial slurs, blatant discrimination, and many a lonely day on the playground and in the cafeteria as many of the children refused to play with my mother or even speak to her for fear that the black would rub off. It was during this rough time that my grandparents, friends and family, their prayers and support comforted not only my mother, but her siblings. And it was also during this time, as God does often with many of us, that my mother discovered that through her faith in God and her own personal strength, that not only was she stronger than she knew, but she was, in fact, a survivor. My mother went on to become the first African-American cheerleader at Broadmoor Middle Lab and graduated from C.E. Bird High School. 
that same spirit, strength, drive, and tenacity that was present and exemplified in the 60s and the 70s is present today. When at the age of 47, my mother is currently a senior at LSU Shreveport and is slated for graduation this coming fall. And if that wasn't enough of a testimony, I feel the need to let you know that 20 years ago, almost to the day, my mother was diagnosed with retinitis pigmentosa and was recently declared legally blind. Your circumstances and your background are never true indicators for where you want to go in life unless you allow them to be. That in itself speaks to the core of every woman, day in, day out, what we bring to our society, to our culture, to our households, and to our places of worship, and the mighty spirit that we all possess inherently as women. As a former military brat, an international studies major in college, I'd seen most of the world at a very young age and had varied experiences, some challenging, but all rewarding. In 2005, I was a financial aid rep and student service specialist by day, and I was a graduate student by night at Tulane University. I'd been living in New Orleans since the late 90s. I left to go for college and just never came back home. And I'd managed to build a little life for myself. Local restaurants that I loved, friends, some family members. I truly enjoyed myself. I loved New Orleans. I love the many festivals, the music, the great food, the eclectic and warm people, and the general laissez-faire of the city. To me, New Orleans felt like one of the small European towns that I'd studied in in undergrad, rather than a southern port town in Louisiana. Fast forward to August 2005. In one weekend, everything changed. Hurricane Katrina was the costliest and most destructive storm in the history of the United States and North America and one from which many persons are still reeling and struggling to rebuild their lives. In the months that followed, I would lose several friends and several co-workers. All that I had worked to accumulate of the past decade was now gone, with the exception of my college degree and my life. And in the words of my grandmother, who still says so to this day, where there is life, there is hope. It is this basic statement that I clung to during this rocky period in time. I evacuated back to Shreveport, a place I was certain I would never come back to again. In fact, I told my parents in 97, all right, it's been real. Absolutely. Because when I left in the late 90s, there wasn't much for not only a young woman of color in Shreveport, there wasn't much for young people in general. All of our major industries, GM, Lady Glass, and the casinos had just started. So if you wanted to do something involving the arts, education, or working with young people, you simply had to go elsewhere. It was just the reality of that time. That's why this period and this time is so important to me as a young woman and as a resident of Shreveport. Once back in Shreveport, I was actually back in my old room, the same one I occupied in high school, 
And I was confident to know that my mom still had the same Winnie the Pooh sheets. That was nice. A nice touch. <laughs> it was an humbling experience. I hadn't lived with my mother since I left at the age of 17. But the support of my family and friends and local people in this city and the way they rallied around me and other persons who had to evacuate was simply humbling and so profound. I know I, that I needed to stay busy for morale's sake. I needed to volunteer. I needed to get out for my own well-being. And so this is what I did. I resigned from my job at Tulane University as they were going through several growing pains, and I knew that with the loss of my coworkers, it just would not be the same. I started volunteering in my community, which is the Lakeside Allendale area, and decided that it was time at this point in my life to really do something that had a great meaning, not only to myself, but to others. Much of my work experience had been in higher education, namely financial aid, admissions, career counseling, and personal and professional development. While volunteering locally at my alma mater, Booker T. Washington High School, and with various groups citywide, I discovered two things. Firstly, to many students and to many parents, the college application process is tedious and foreign. I'd found my niche. And secondly, I discovered, most importantly, that my passion and purpose was service. There was nothing like speaking to a young person who had no idea what they wanted to do and leading and guiding them to their chosen path or talking to a young woman who decided, I really should be a nurse. All of my aunts are nurses. I should be a nurse. And asking that young woman, well, do you mind cleaning up, cleaning bedpans? Do you like blood? Oh, no, I can't stand blood. Oh, it makes me nauseous. What are you talking about? Well, sweetie, maybe you shouldn't be a nurse. What do you like doing? Well, I'm very patient. I love children. Have you thought about elementary education or a daycare? No, I never thought about that. Well, there you go. It was truly a light bulb moment for both of us, apparently. Because at that instant, I knew this is what I should be doing. This was my calling. My passion for youth and education and my commitment to my community prompted me to run for the Caddo Parish School Board at the age of 26. Everyone said, you're crazy. Someone should run, but who? Are you running? No one stepped up, so I qualified five minutes to the deadline on the last day to qualify. And I remember leaving thinking, what did I just do? <laughs> in the months that followed, I became acquainted with the issues. I participated in every debate and forum known to man, got all of my good suits out of the cleaners, met with my potential, potential constituents, and fought, walked nearly all of my district. I also lost about 30 pounds, so it was, it was mutually beneficial. <laughs> Needless to say, I lost. But through that amazing experience, I also won. For it was through this time that I realized that not only was God in the midst, that he had some amazing order for my life. I met a young politician and state rep and legislator by the name of Cedric B. Glover. And he told me what he wanted to do for Shreveport. He spoke of community and commitment and service. And he wasn't just saying it. I could feel it. I did some research. His record and his accomplishments 
actually supported everything that he said. Of course, I was a skeptic. I'm thinking, he's just a politician. He told me, I want to help you with young people. What are you doing in the community? I said, I'm volunteering. I evacuated. I gave him a whole laundry list of things. And he was like, never once did he say, TMI, TMI, just slow it down. He listened to every single word. And he said, if you email me, I will respond. I waited about a week. I emailed him. And he responded the very same day. Shortly after I lost my election, I started volunteering in his campaign. With no money to my name, I could hear my mother and my grandparents actually say, you know you have Tulane student debt. At some point, you might want to be looking in the wanted ads. <laughs> and so I did here and there. I worked sporadically. Um, but I volunteered wholeheartedly for this campaign. And it was as if everything came together. At that point in time, even though I'd lost everything, I was living at home, so I was able to volunteer and completely immerse myself in the campaign and working with young people. We did get out the vote campaigns. We canvassed. We walked tirelessly. We made phone calls. We handed out literature. We pressed on, ultimately winning an election that many thought could not be won. Who would think that Shreveport, the last capital of the Confederacy, would vote in an African-American man and usher in an era of diversity, inclusion, and equity for all people, regardless of race, ethnic, or cultural background. Three years ago, after Katrina, I returned to Shreveport with only three days of clothing and no clear vision of what was to come. In the months that followed, I was still looking for friends and family members and coworkers on the internet. I listed and registered myself as a survivor. That was my new identity. Three years ago, I was in my living room with my mother, looking at her and thinking to myself, what now? Through her support, her prayers, and my grandmother's guidance, I moved on and I pressed on. That was three years ago. Today, I am one of the youngest persons ever to be appointed to the mayor's office and the youngest woman of color to ever hold the position of executive assistant in the mayor's office in the history of the city of Shreveport. <laughs> Two years ago, I was volunteering in the Lakeside Allendale community. I converted my car into a moving college fair propelled by a sincere desire to help young people realize their potential and to successfully transition into the college and to the workforce. Overwhelmed by the sheer volume of need, sincerely overwhelmed by the sheer volume and need, it seemed for every two students and parents that I helped, there were 30 more that had no idea of the deadlines, the documents that were required. There were young people who didn't even know how to fill out a job application. I remember the instance of one young woman filling out an application for me and under marital status, she put female. This signaled to me a greater issue, a greater concern. I asked God, I prayed to God to enable me in some capacity, I didn't know how, but enable me to assist on a larger level. Today I stand before you 
As the coordinator for youth programs for the city of Shreveport, every single youth program for the city of Shreveport that involves K through 12 and college age students comes directly to my desk. I have been blessed with the opportunity to plan, implement, and program for all of our young people, regardless of their concern, their desire, their need, whether college bound or workforce bound. This is an amazing responsibility, but it's also an amazing opportunity and one that I do not take lightly. The Mayor's Summer Internship Program last year, that was one of my programs. And the Summer Work Program that's sponsored by the Department of Community Development in conjunction with our office. Through those programs, we are introducing job and life skills to many youth that would otherwise not have the opportunity to attain them. I am the manifestation of prayer, hard work, and divine order. I am the sum of my grandmother's sacrifice, my mother's survival, and now, my service. But most importantly, I am a work in progress, as we all are. And I am the living demonstration of the power of God, the infinite possibilities that can arise from the bonds and support of family, the amazing power of determination and faith, and the strength of a woman's spirit. Thank you.